himself. Exactly. Before, you know, he had to deal with us. I mean, like he said, he had to use his people to kill off evil. That's how he had to deal with me. Exactly. Yeah. You know. But, um, yeah. Uh, yes, that's what we had to deal with. But yeah, but they would, it just make um. I mean, naturally, it makes sense cause just to get rid of the stuff and I mean, get rid of the, the bad stuff and keep the good stuff. And so, you yeah. Know. Yeah. Because okay. okay. we see human reasoning here right. again, mm -hmm. just like we read the last time, because it makes it makes natural sense to do that. Right. So why would you destroy the good stuff? Right. That makes no sense. Makes no sense. Well. <clears throat> My brain would go tilt. God couldn't have said that because this is good stuff. Like, yeah, this is good stuff. I, mean, I can, you know how we do. I can be a blessing to him with this stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you know, back then, okay, that's what they do: sacrifice sheep, goats. Yeah. Yeah, this one doesn't have a blemish on it right. anywhere. This is a good one right. we could use. And that's food that they could. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Right. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. That's right. But God said he told him to destroy everything. Yeah. Now going back to our line says, since Israel had become a kingdom and had a king, God wanted vengeance on the Amalekites. This may seem harsh to us today because truthfully speaking, this is an acceptable new covenant behavior. In the Old Testament, the groups of people who had given themselves over to idolatry. And immorality were like cancers in the body of human of humankind. That's what she like, said. like they said. Yeah. Sometimes the disease part just has to be cut out in order to save the rest of the body. Yep. So we, you know, again, under a different covenant, right? So they 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 weren't in a place where they can be redeemed by the, the blood of the lamb. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, yes. because he had not yet come. Yes. yes. So once they completely gave themselves over to idolatry, then, you know, there was there, there was going to be one or two results of that. They're either going to be allowed to stay and spread mm -hmm. the adultery and the immorality. Or be cut off. So this was the command. Yeah, yeah. That is evil practice. Evil practices would eventually uh, cause a lot of destruction on everybody around you. I mean, well, that's, I think that's true today. You know, if you if you allow something, yeah. You know, if some one person just continue on that path, it's going to affect yeah. a group of people. Something you allow that. it does something to your heart, yeah, yeah. The way somebody perceives something, mm -hmm. it's a hard thing, too. Okay, our next point in the outline says, God, in His love and mercy toward the rest of humanity, told the Israelites to utterly destroy these men, women, and children, and animals. There is much archaeological evidence that before Jesus came. There were entire societies that were given over to the devil. They were demon-possessed. They were participating in 
on, on a wide scale and bestiality, solid, sodomy, child sacrifice, and all these kinds of things. And they couldn't be cured. There was no cure before Jesus came. Now, I'm not going to go too deep down the rabbit hole with this, but you can connect this with the the flood. No one the flood. Okay. And what happened with the, the Nephilim. Right. The angels that stood up with the daughters of men. Right. Yeah. In Genesis 6. Now, let's go back to the scripture. Verse 10. It says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king. But he has not been loyal to me and he has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him, Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. Okay, stop. You know that famous saying coming. <laughs> Look at me, I did it. No, also, is I did what you said. It's like, oh, what's that noise in the background? So he, he said he had carried out the Lord's command. But in the and background. Before, before he even set up a statue for himself. He set up a statue. A, a monument for himself. Look at me. Wow. All the cheerleaders, they're all feeling his muscles and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'm the guy. You know? He's our man. He's our man. We know that's how it goes. They went back you there, too. The veggie that. That's what they did. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's look at verse 14. This is Samuel. So talking. He says, then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear, Samuel demanded. Yeah. It's true that the, the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Samuel admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the See, Lord your God. There's the excuse. They have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul asked. Samuel told him, Although you may Think little of yourself. Are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord had anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the, Am the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? Verse 20. But I did obey the Lord, Samuel insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everything else. Then my troops brought in the best oh, sheep. No. Shifted the land. Sorry. And brother, <laughs> to sacrifice to the Lord your God. Oh, oh God. my gosh. Okay. So you see, I didn't have to say nothing. So now it's, it's, the, it's, not only the disobedience here, it's the blame shifting. 
I started in the garden. That woman you gave me, you know. <laughs> their fault, their fault, this person's fault. Verse 22. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Oh, yeah. Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to the divorce? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness is bad as worshiping idols. So because you rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Dang. <clears throat> So obviously we, you know, we see, we see a lot of things here. So the trend here is blame shifting. The people did. The people made me do it. The people took the best sheep. But as I was reading, though, didn't it say he he. Took what was pleasing to him. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, like somebody, okay, hold on. Let me see. Maybe is this a translation back? Let's go to the King James. Who are you reading it? <laughs> yeah, right here. That's what we have. Let's go to the King James. Sure. Yeah, let's make sure. Yeah, let's make sure. All right. Sounds about the same. All right. And it says, we're starting verse 8. No, verse 7. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havala until they corners to shore that is over against Egypt. He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag. Saul and. And the best of the sheep and of the ox and of the fat legs. And the lambs and all that was good, it would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Okay, so it's not a translation issue. It's in the King James and the New Living Translation, same way. Mm -hmm. All right, maybe the command is different in the King James. Let me read that. All right, verse 1, verse Samuel 15 says, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken there unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Am Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way, and he came up from, from Egypt. Now, go and smoke Imlach and utterly destroy all that they have. Spare them not, but slay both men and women, infant and suckling ox, and sheep, camel, and ass. It's right there. Yeah. Same. Same thing. Mm-hmm. So, in this whole 
this, this whole lesson thus far, we've been comparing and contrasting the heart of Saul versus the heart of David, right? David being called the man after God's own heart versus Saul, who we see he messed up, but we know David had some monumental mess-ups. Yep. But David was and is referred to as the man of God's own heart. Yep. So what is the flaw that we consistently see here in Saul? That he just failed to, to repent and change the way he think about it. Or just fail to just, you know, make a mistake, but just um, he wants to, like you said, make excuses for it. And just blame other people for it. So that's the difference between him and David. I think he really, I think David, as much as he possibly could in the Old Testament, I think in the Old Covenant, I think he understood the heart of God. And I think that was a fruit, you know, like you were saying, he was so different the way he responded, even when he made dumb, stupid choices. Every time it was, you know, eventually he got to the point where it even was pointed out, like he had to, with Nathan, you know, what he had to do with the adultery and he had murdered, you know, and everything, but, you know, that he was told and his heart was just, you know, torn, like, oh my God, what have I done? Instead of, well, well, you know, he could have been like, Saul probably did it this way, not to make fun of Saul. He was, you know, and he was going to make that stupid, stupid mistakes, but well, she was bathing on the roof and I'm a man and you know, well, she looked good. And well, you know what? I mean, she got pregnant. I didn't know what to do. So I just had to murder her husband. And he didn't make excuses. He, he goes, what have I done? Oh my God. You know? And he was torn, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself, but I know it's like, I'm just thinking of today's, you know, people, when I know we all, you you know, when you make a mistake, um, instead of just owning to it, owning mm -hmm. to it, um, we tend to, well, especially when you're feeling guilty, you say, well, you know what, you ain't perfect. Minimize. <laughs> yes, oh my gosh. You know How you gonna, you know, talk about me? Yeah, that? try to minimize and, it. You know, it's, Instead of just saying, you know what, yeah, I messed up, I was wrong. We we tend to want to want to fess up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> um, not feel as bad by pushing on another person. Say, well, you do the same thing. Yeah. Well, I know you did. I remember you did this and that. Yeah. Now, I mean, sometimes that could be just fine. That because if a person's coming from a judgmental, condemning place, then they'll maybe push back. But if you just say, you know what, but God did call us to say, okay. If, your brother's sister is wrong. You need to tell him, okay, that's wrong. What you're doing is not right. That was wrong. You need to change that. Mm -hmm. But not come from a place of you're superior better, but just like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I did that too. I was wrong. Yeah. You, know, you wrong. So you need to fix that or you need to change that. And I like that point that Harry made because, you know, you whenever you're challenging a fellow believer, to raise up their their living, their standard of living, you know, to reflect or righteousness. We we always have to do it in a spirit of humility. Because <laughs> but 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 by the grace of God, there we are. Mm -hmm. You know. So and then 
the the authority by which you are bringing some some guidance and correction is the the authority of the word, mm-hmm. not because you yourself are the judge, because neither one of us hold that place. None of us do. Now the word judges us all. So when we're trying to give some counsel, we always point to the word as the the judge. Yeah. Right. And even in that, allowing the Holy Spirit to give us the the words to apply it properly. Mm-hmm. Right. To give the right the right words. And and we're talking about the difference right between David and Saul. David was responsive to the word of the prophet. Right. Yeah. Because when Nathan and yeah. Dad called, you know, called David on the stuff, you know, what, what he had done, he he stepped back, received it, and turned. Yeah, he could say, off with your head. <laughs> he was and, king. And see, and he was the king. And he was the king. So so really he had that authority to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, what you see Saul doing with Samuel, Samuel's giving him the word of the Lord. But he's given some halfway 50% obedience. Yeah, but I didn't do that. The people did the rest. Yeah. But the reality is, it's like, man, you king. So if you if if you said no, we killing them all, then that's what's gonna happen. Right. Because you can't. Exactly. So you can't blame it on the people. But again, the blame shift. People bondage. Yeah. You see people bondage with Saul. He was in bondage to people. And that's one of the biggest, that's one of the things that the character things that you can see in Saul versus David. David wasn't in, in bondage to people like Saul was. <laughs> yeah, David, you know, he has some serious mess up. <laughs> but he won't in bondage to people like Saul. He was such a warrior too, David. And I wonder if that came from the understanding of God again. I mean, back in, like we said, then when evil, the only way it could be cut off was to, you know, like cut up, you know, (laughs) slay some people and stuff. It was like, I was just thinking that right then. I mean, it's just fresh thought, but you know, and he was just like, he would go for stuff like that. And it was, God said, go, he went, you know, he didn't, you know, and I've, I've, like I said, even some of the parts I've read, you know, in Samuel and the the Samuels, rather, you know, where he was so meticulous, you know, where it would be like, God, where do I go? Why don't you go to the city? Well, how many people, you know, just examples. What do you want me to take? What do you want me to do? He was like, and then it was just, okay. And then he went for it. And they said that David was a warrior. And I go, maybe that came, the drive was, he didn't want God disrespected, you know, and he wanted God honored. So he, you know, he had that spirit well, about speak him. Speak that point, because I know there's a story where, um, you know, David and remember Abigail. I remember the story where he, her husband. Oh yeah, um, that was that a good story. He, yes, he protected his man's, you know, like he sheep did. and stuff. Yes, he did without the man even asking. You know, oh, to and, his um, men did that. and so David, his men, he was running from Saul, but then David, his men were hungry, and then he went and asked one of 
you know, her husband's name was Nabal. One of his servants, you know, hey, can we have some food? Because, uh, and then Nabal was like, I ain't giving you nothing. I'm not giving you nothing. Yeah. And so really you know, was harsh like, with him. <clears throat> okay. Man, since you ain't going to give me nothing, I did all this for you. I'm going to kill everybody in the house. Dave was on his way, and then, so, but the servant went back and told his wife, Abigail. And she came. Abigail was like, oh, my goodness. So she went, put some, she tell her husband, you know, got Filled some up food, all kinds of goodies. Loaded it up, full <laughs> service, loaded up. Met David halfway and said, look, okay, I know my husband before. <laughs> yeah. He ain't got no sense, so don't <laughs> kill the whole spare. house. Here's Please. some stuff. <laughs> Please you know, spare us. Spare us. Just have mercy on the house, okay? You know, I know he ain't, he ain't got it all together. He's an idiot. Like, okay, you know, cool. Our vernacular. Since you know you idiot. did that, I spit out. So even within, they were responsive to a woman who was like, okay. Right, you know, he could have pushed her aside and go, well, we're going to uh, take this too, but we're still going to yeah, go take care of some business. Yeah, he could have the whole family. Yeah. So you know, so, you brought us. Oh, now we're going to be strong. We're going to be really strong because we're going to feed ourselves and get straight, and we're still going after. Right. But no. So I thought that was when I read that. I that was a, cool. he had yeah. a heart of you know. Open, yeah, he open had a heart, heart for God, man. Like you I, said, he had a heart for God. Even though he was a warrior, he still had a heart for God. Yeah. So you know what? I'm. I'm. I will listen to somebody. They, you know, sincere and they make yeah. mistake. Okay, now let's lie. So, so you see. You see the warrior and the merciful father in the same same breath, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, yes. that's a man after God's own heart. Right there. And I tell you what, Abigail, that's that's a helpmate right there. Yeah. The homeboy was a drunk. She was yeah, she was doing you know she was she was throwing it out. I need you to do this now. Yeah. And the servants evidently they were good servants or else it would have caused a problem. It's like, yes, ma'am. Yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. As you wish, and they did it. Boom! Get me up there. I want. I gotta go now. Because mm-hmm. I don't stop them. This will be a massacre here. Yes. I still think, though. You know, I mean, look at it. You know, we open our Bibles, and I was always taught. You know, children's church. You get to Psalms in the middle. The middle of our Bibles is a big book of 150 songs or psalms written. And I go, I think David spent some serious time with God, with his heart. I think when he shepherded it, I think when he lived his life and even as he was a king. And I think, no, I'm going to have to say, I know that had to have given him such a a different outlook on everything. He had a relationship with God. And, and, you know, it's like the cliff notes to all of our studies. (laughs) Relationship, right? Because because at the end of the day, that's that's what it's about. And that's what you and that's what you exactly what you just said. Like how that that time spent with the Lord cultivated that connection. So even when Dave was in his mess, when his flesh was was falling, he always ran back to the Father. Always ran. Always ran back to him. Because that that when he was out in the field. Yeah. Protecting the sheep. Mm-hmm. He put his life on the line for the sheep. Now, what's that a picture of? Jesus. What is mm-hmm. yeah, yes. The Lord is my shepherd. But she spoke, you know, this is somebody basically what she talking about. You know, she was talking about the heart of God. And 
I think that's the thing that we need to know. I'm, I'm not sure we know the heart of God. And I think once you know his heart, then, you know, when it comes to stuff like temptation with the song, when God, to me, God has become bigger than temptation. Then obedience becomes easier. Because not to say you're not going to be tempted to do stuff. You know, we're not going to yeah. live in a because I think people come to Christ thinking, okay, they're, they're tempted with stuff, they're struggling with stuff, and then when the struggle don't go away immediately or they're still struggling with stuff, they tend to think, oh, something's wrong with me or not, it's not. But you, once you understand the heart of God and who he is, yeah. then doesn't mean the temptation's not there, but it just means and he's bigger than this. <clears throat> He becomes bigger, larger than life in the thing you're tempted by. And so, hey, and so, even though you're tempted, you said, no, I'm not giving that because I'm not, that's not worth. Yeah. It, it's small compared to, the, as we said, the relationship with him. Yeah. I had God show me a long while back. I've probably mentioned it before, but just as a, just, you know, an example right now, I talked to God about something and I was just like, God, you know, why did you, you know, why? Why is there, like, say, a commandment against or whatever? And, I mean, this can go for any temptation or anything we could do is I go, basically, God showed me a stop sign. And it's a bad corner where we live, the the example in my head, that it could be any stop sign. And you go on on the road, you can go right or left. It's a bad curve where you don't know where someone's going to be flying from down and, like, further into the woods, if you know what I mean, like, some of the homes. And I thought about it, I said, the commandment, is like the stop sign, but the car coming around that curve, it could hit you. That's the harm that could come. And I thought I said, and see, that's what's sad is so many times in the church today, we're always like the stop sign, the stop sign, whatever, do not do this or do not do this. And it's like, we're not being explained the heart of God behind it. That the reason to put the stop sign there is I don't want you to get hit by the car, you know, <laughs> and I go, and that would bug me too. Cause I would go like, God, I thought about saying that's that's where I'm like, but so many people don't stop at the stop sign, if right. you will, on the subject, but they still don't get hit and they end up being okay. And then God was showing me, it's like, you know, it's like some people, you know, they don't do the stop sign, they slow up and they don't really stop mm-hmm. and they still don't get hurt. But yet, I've known people who are very like meticulous, including myself in my life and some things like, I will not do whatever said subject. And we still get hurt. And I go, oh, yeah, <laughs> when you're told, Stop at the stop sign. Make sure you stop at the stop sign. Stop, 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 stop. But you're not being told. Look to see if a car is coming. You could do the law. I mean, we could do the law, you know, to the T, but we're not really doing it with the heart behind it. We get hit by the car versus there's some folks. It's not right. They're not stopping at the stop sign, but they slow up. They kind of look and they end up making it. And it's just like, it gives me a perspective on I go, you do it because basically, you know, the thing is God cares, you know, he doesn't want to get hurt. <laughs> and with you saying, you know, I know you made things, some people don't get hit. Well, you didn't get hit that time. And that's true too. <laughs> exactly. Because you know how you keep like the same stop sign. So I got away with this one, this one, I ain't get hit this time. Yeah. So. You never you, know. <laughs> you, you, it may miss you 20 times. Well, 21st time. Yeah. You're right. And it's like, well, hey, you know. You know, I got away with it twenty times, right? Twenty one, and that's and that's the game the enemy plays with with a lot of us. You see, you know, the wicked 
prospering and it's like I'm trying to walk on obedience I'm doing XYZ and my life looks like this and this person's looks like this right and then the enemy is putting this propaganda out to get to try to get you to question the goodness of God right and just like Julie said if you if you just heard stop sign preaching don't do this don't do that if that's the extent of your spiritual training then eventually bitterness is going to grow up in your heart yeah and you're going to turn away but if you are you get to you get introduced to the father and to the to the the son who gave his life for you and his love then i i can have a better perspective on what the stop sign's purpose is. Yeah. And understand that, okay, even though there are some people who have run that stop sign and were able to avoid calamity in that moment, that's just a manifestation of God's mercy. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that next time there won't be calamity. Yeah. Yeah. And then your heart can is going to start to emulate his. And instead of being jealous, envious, or or angry at the wicked, you'll feel sorry for him. Yeah. Because you know where where their end game is if they don't repent. Right. Yeah. But again, that's a relationship. Right. Because everything in our world is trying to tell you otherwise. Oh, yeah. That's why there's red rage. Is <laughs> <laughs> you right? They yeah, need special on now on these streets, I'll tell you what. Yes, you do. People yeah. cutting you off, riding on your yeah. bumper, riding and flying around you. And yeah, they, they, it's, some, it's some special agent beings on, on the roadways. I don't know what it is, but it's anyway, I don't even want to get on that. <laughs> Going back to our Another, another point Andrew makes, he says, so although this was an act of judgment referring to the command to kill all the Amalekites, although this was an act of judgment against specific individuals, it was also an act of mercy upon the world as a whole to literally cut this cancer out and destroy it. Because again, they didn't have proton therapy back then. <laughs> They couldn't isolate that sand. Mm-hmm. They could, you know. So once it got in there, started to spread, you got to remove the thing. Or it's going to take out the whole body. Next point. says, Saul claimed that he had done the will of God. But in verse 15, Samuel 15, 4, Samuel essentially asked, if you have truly done the Lord's will, why am I hearing these animals? I told you to destroy everything. And see, and that's the curious part to me. It's like, when he, you know, when he said that to Samuel, I, I did do the Lord's plan. That, that, that was the time to say, oh, man, you know, to, to yeah. own up and say, you know what, I messed up, man. Um, I, saw, I saw them sheep and they were fat. I was thinking about lamb chops, bro. 
sorry. And we're kind of short on the. Um, you know, I mean, just being real. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like and I thought maybe a couple of might but he, pleasing but to God. He yeah. said, "I truly, I have done the command of the Lord," and he dare going to set up a monument for himself. Yep. He set up a monument for himself. I'm like, wow. Isn't that like pride to death? Oh, absolutely. You know, even, a, a he, and he hadn't even talked, you know, Samuel hadn't even come yet. And he's already built, a, like she said, and having the chair goes, oh, so, so. Girls taking pictures with him and stuff, the newspaper. <laughs> I just keep thinking of yeah, I, mean, I guess that would be the 2000 version, I guess. I mean, for real. Yeah, it'd be, we know it would be, right, modern day, something like that. Look at me. <laughs> But next point says Saul again placed the blame on others, saying the people made me do this. But Samuel exposed the root of Saul's sin in 1 Samuel 15, 17 by basically saying, when you were little in your own eyes, God anointed and promoted you. But when you were lifted up, that is when you became arrogant and God rejected you. Mm. So there it is right there. So you know what the scripture says, pride comes before a fall. Destruction and how you speak up before a fall. Yep. Well, you think David was having all these <laughs> ladies and people going, David, David, he did this, he did this, but he didn't let it go to here. He still stayed humble. He He rejoiced. What is it that he danced down to his underwear? But he wasn't dancing like, look at me. He was like, we did it. We God, we did it. We did it. Yes. He ain't worried about what folks is, 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 is talking about. Oh, my about. God. We, God, we did it. You know? And then, you know, his woman challenged him. He said, she, this is Rowdy. You ain't saying like, nothing I'm yet. I'm here, Rowdy still. <laughs> right? Because he, like, he, he danced, danced down to your underwear. To yeah. Right? He, he, he didn't care. What other people was doing or what they were saying. And that's a stark big difference between him and Saul. Because if Saul was in that position, if this woman would have said that, how do you think he would have been? Okay. I'm just, you know, kind of get cool again, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she, she's on the case now. I got to stay straight. I gotta... Well, uh, she was criticizing me. I couldn't, you know. <laughs> well, um, yeah. I don't criticize. <laughs> I just get facts straight in your head. Yeah, Proverbs 16 and 18. 16 and 18. I'll read 19 too. Proverbs 16, 18 and 19. Translation says, "Pride goes before destruction, and haughtiness before a fall. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud." Saul and his men had plunder that day. Look at that sheep. Go. Verse twenty. Those who listen to the instruction will prosper. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. That was David. Yeah. Dancing down to his underwear. 
said, that is some dancer. And then his, they just said his wife, one of his wives going like, you are a fool almost. She was like, I can't believe you're doing that. You're making, oh, oh, oh. It's like, you ain't saying nothing yet. This is about my God, you know. He didn't care. <clears throat> he wasn't letting, you know, the wifey go. Do what I say. Next point said, humility is necessary to walk with God. This is a lesson we can learn from David. Micah 6 and 8 says, He, referring to God, He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doeth the Lord require of thee but to walk humbly with thy God? Says at times David messed up royally, as we, as we know, yeah. and did terrible sins, but he didn't try to shift the blame onto anyone else when he was reproved. Humility doesn't mean that you do everything perfectly. It doesn't mean you don't sin. Humility does mean you have a heart that is sensitive toward the Lord. That, that last point is key. Yeah. And that's what we was, we was talking about earlier. He cultivated, David cultivated the heart out there in the pastures with the with sheep. Because you can just imagine the type of conversations in prayer he had out there in the field for years. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can, I think we've been talking about you can I was thinking about you can cultivate a heart. To do the right thing without cultivating, as we talk about the relationship, because you talk about, you know, oh, I just, you know, okay, I gotta do this and I gotta do that, and I gotta do this and I gotta do that, and I think he, he said, you know, then either two things that you end up becoming exhausted because you can't keep it, or you become bitter, mm -hmm. you know, because maybe you see other people. So you become bitter. So, but so the thing is, what do you cultivate? If you're just doing this without the relationship, then it just you just um. There's no sense. Yeah, yeah, you you have there's a temptation to become self righteous. You know, big headed because if you do a good job at it now, I put myself on another level than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm just, I give up because I can't keep it. So I'm just going to give into my flesh. I want my flesh to just roll over. And so, and now, then you give, open the door for the enemy to come in and just destroy your life. You know, do things that God never intended to happen. And though you end up going to heaven, but you got hell on earth. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Let's go to First Peter five. First Peter five. Well, I'm gonna start at verse five. All right. 
Now, fold this is the second half of the verse, not the first. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to them. That is a strong statement. When you see God, he opposes the proud. Yeah, you don't want God opposing. It's not a good position. But he gives grace to the humble. So verse 6, so humble yourselves under the mighty hand, mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. You can give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about you. Now, when we talk about humility, right? What is the what is the false picture of what humility is? I'm mean, feeling unworthy. Groveling, yeah. You know, I'm not worthy of his love. I'm not worthy of his, you know, blessing me and so. I don't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And you know, all those things are true, and God knew that when He gave it, though. So it's not like He has it, you know. So you you're trying to qualify for something that's a gift. You're trying to qualify for, it. and yeah, God said, "Okay, I already know that you're not worthy. That's why it's a gift." Because <laughs> that's true. If um. If it wasn't a gift, then we would have to qualify for it. And none of us would measure up. There'd be a lot of tired people. Oh, yeah. We're tired. Dead people. And now we're sure. a lot of people who quit. Yeah. Yeah, we quit. Yeah, we'll give it up and it'll be over. Tired and quit. I'm tired. I can't do this. I used to try my own for years. One of the like struggles on like religious stuff is to forgive people on my own. I guess you could say it. I mean... Forgiveness is a good thing, of course, we know, but I did it, you know, I was standing on my own and I'd go to bed at night, <laughs> I kid not, and I would be angry at somebody and I would think if I didn't get it perfect, I was going to go to hell in the middle of the night if I'd like die in my sleep or something stupid, you know, and I'm just like, it's terrible, the things we go through on that, trying to do and do and do, and we can't do it on our own. Because I'm just concluding, you know, we, you know, I grew up, and, you know, you know, salvation is a gift, um, and so you limit that to just forgiveness. So forgiveness is a gift. But you know, in well, I'm, going, I, I'm just coming like everything is a gift. Everything that that we receive under grace is a gift. It's, all of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we taught, you know, we was taught, okay, my faith. That's a gift that you did we had. He gave that to you. You couldn't get saved without him giving you the faith. Yep. Faith of Christ, you know, right? Yeah. I mean, all of it's a gift. Grace is a gift. I mean, patience, that's a gift. Peace is a gift. I mean, all of it's a gift. We breathe. Apart from him, there is no gift. So, I mean, you just might as well just, okay, all of it is. Because 
Grace gave us everything. Yeah. Nothing that we, we, you know, but when you're trained to think, okay, well, this is a gift, but I earned this, and I earned this, and I earned my gift, and the spiritual gifts is a gift, but, you know, that's mine, too. You know, we own that. But when we realize, okay, God, everything that you made available to me is a gift. You can't do nothing without you. So just look at everything as a gift. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. if you see everything through that lens that everything I, is a gift, understand that I can't yeah. do it on my own ability, then I think it, it puts you in a place. I think we talked last. It puts you in a place of surrender. I say, okay, I surrender. I can't do this without you, but I know you can do it through me. So I trust you can do it through me. And so, well, we—I know we use the word. So I just rest in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The gift, because it, like you, like you all have already said, if you're in that mindset that all that you have, all that you've had, all that you ever will have is a gift. It it, it postures you mm-hmm. into a place of humility. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I think I don't work for something, right. and I ain't got it, we got a problem. That's we right. Because you know, I didn't work and earn that. Yeah, I earned, I earned right. that. So you you yeah you you find out how holy somebody is you don't pay them on payback. <laughs> I mean you know when people are knowing it well that's, if you don't look at that as a gift oh well you know I'm anointed because you know I fast for three day, three hours a day or I read my scriptures so that's why I'm anointed and I because trust me and I fell in some of these mindsets that's why I'm saying okay I look back now okay how stupid would I I'm like really <laughs> yeah. I prayed my prayer closet for two hours and I wrote notes. Yeah, I'm mean, so you great. Know, yeah. Once again, you, you train in these things and you, now that you learn, you look back and say, that was just, oh my goodness, you know. But once again, you straighten up in it. But once again, it, it created, put me in a place of self righteousness. I was like, okay, because I think I did it. I'm doing it. My prayer time, my study time, or whatever the case may be you're doing yeah and then you tend to put more faith in that yeah than what jesus did mm-hmm. and now i'm like okay uh, you know and once again you do you don't realize it but you don't put yourself on the pedestal until you learn i'm learning now okay it's, it's all about him i've been learning myself personally receive gifts i think we all can kind of relate you know because yeah. it's like you know we always think we have to earn something or whatever like her and I, mom and I will be cleaning a house together or cleaning our own house or whatever. And she'll do like, Oh, like, like today she had told me I already did the sinks in this one bathroom we did. And I think my, my reaction to this time was like, thank you. But sometimes I've been like, Oh, you didn't have to, you didn't have to. You know, it's like a, I have to, you know, I have to do my part. I have to, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just thanks mom, you know, <laughs> like learning to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I got that. Anybody want to give me a gift, I'll free their seat. Right? <laughs> yeah. If you work enough, you're like, oh, Lord, I'm tired of working. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. What do you say? All who are weary and heavy laden, come to him. So right. he'll give you rest. Give you rest. Right. 
Going back to some points on the outline says, humility is different than arrogance. Pride isn't only thinking that you're better than everyone else. Pride is essentially being self-reliant instead of God-reliant, like we talked about. It's the attitude of independence that is one of Satan's biggest inroads in your life. That's a big one. That's a big one. Independence. Yeah. Because, see, the thing about it is, that doesn't appear to be overtly evil. Okay, yeah, I see that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. The, 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 that, that attitude of independence. Because, and you know, we Americans, so that's kind of, that's in us anyway. I did it all myself, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and we, we just talk, and think about the phrase that, and, and people say, well, you know what? All I need is Jesus. Only, and and you come from a place of okay, I don't need you, you, you. Only is Jesus. So I don't need nobody else. Yeah, that sounds so good. Yeah, it does. It sounds, it sounds good. Sounds I just need me and Jesus. Spiritual, we don't right? Need anybody, I don't need anybody else. Yeah, but it's really you know sometimes you can come from a place arrogance. of yeah, just arrogance, and it's like okay, yeah, I don't need but you, it's I don't disguise. Need you, I don't need you. I'm de- I'm dependent on Jesus. Right. All I need is Him. Or. Arrogance or hurt. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, come from a place of hurt. Because see, and and that's that's another one of those things where you know you you can be hurt by people, mm-hmm. and you get this this bitterness that'll develop on the inside of you towards other people. Right. It's good. I like that. Yeah. And that and that's just and that that's something that you know. Us church folk. Well, yeah, I've been angry, know. and I did. I've said it last little while. Sometimes I go, I don't need no one. But my heart is still soft. It's because I'm angry and I'm hurt. So I'm saying, I don't need you. I don't need nobody. I don't need anybody. But I, the Holy Spirit's going, Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. But at the moment, you're doing you're doing that bride thing. You're going like, I don't. And he's going, Yes, you do. And once you get calm. If you're really being just listening to him, being obedient to his voice, he starts to talk to you, God. I know. And, and I know there are times. And that's a good thing. Uh, there are times where okay. God do want to just show you, okay, I want to do this for you to show you who I am. But yeah. he doesn't never get to a place where he never used people to help you get where you are. That's yeah. always that's always his plan. Yeah, he, he's, he's it's always his plan, you know. Too, but there may be time where he be like, "Okay, I'm just gonna show you," you know, like a Moses moment. Just stretch out your arm. Just sometimes, right? He'll do that. Let me let me do this. Show you what I can do. But that's another thing he's showing. Is he's trying to show you that his heart. I am here. But it's like I said, no one can solve our, our problems but God and through his word right. to him. But I was noticing too, I was thinking, I said, but he can use, he uses people mm-hmm. to have a special gifting that can help you right. and you can help them or whatever, vice versa, or whatever it is. He's always using something to reach his people. And, and besides, oh, I mean, he loves to talk us through his word. That's the main. Mm-hmm. And even with that, I mean, if you pull the onion back on that, I don't need nobody but Jesus. I'm like, okay, where did you get that concept from? 
Got it from my Bible. <laughs> well, who 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 write who wrote that Bible? Did a person do it? Who assembled the the um the paper? Yeah, bounded the book. Uh. Did did, uh, the, did the angels do that? Yeah. <laughs> did yeah. it just did it just you know manifest itself? Yeah. It just come up. No people did that. Even the know. even the, use people. Yeah. Even the billboard stuff. Like I've God does that a lot for me. He's done a lot in my life. Like I will see something and I know like something written on something. I know God is talking. You know. But I go somebody. You know, two months, two years, two minutes prior. Put that sign there. Put it up on the interstate. You know, it's still people. You know, and that that stuff is wild too. You be riding down the street and there'd be a license plate talking. To you. Yes, <laughs> there was something that happened to her that she it, a while back. Um, it happened to her, but and she'd call me over in the store, and when I came over, I, I, somebody else had asked her too. Said because she took pictures of it, and they go. Did you do that? One of my best friends, I showed it to her, and she's believing with me, too, about and some things. Believing, right? And she looks, and she goes, like, girl, did you go over this with a fine-tooth comb? This is amazing. It was a display at a store, but it was, like... She was... And I wasn't looking for that. You know, yeah, I was just... She just walked I was just shopping was, because I had a lot on my mind. I go, I'm just going to get my mind off things. just shopping. Yeah, she told I'm me, like, she goes, Mom, I'm going to walk over here somewhere. And she, a little bit, a few minutes later, she's coming. She goes, Mom, come. Got to come see this. Like, but some dollar store employee put it up that yes. day, and maybe and God was whispering there, the put this this way and that that way. Yes, <laughs> but they didn't know. They're not even knowing they're going. <laughs> nah, I'll put that there. No, I think I'll do that. This that looks really pretty, together. you know. Yeah, and it was. And when I saw it, I'm like, and it was yeah. that big. It's like, who did that? It didn't just angels go, you know, or God goes. <laughs> Like yeah. sometimes. sometimes, but you know, a lot of times he uses people. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that was if, people. If you can use a donkey, he can use a dollar tree and food line for you. Yeah, yeah, yes, he can. All right, a couple more questions. Now, line says, if you want to shut the devil out of your life, begin to prosper, see the blessings of God work, then you need to walk humbly with God. You won't find God until you come to the end of yourself. When Saul was humble was when God promoted him. From the life of David, we learn that we must walk humbly with God. Saul, David's predecessor, was the Lord's first choice. But Saul didn't continue walking with God because he became lifted up to pride and did his own thing, disobeyed. That part when you said you gotta come to the end of yourself, I, I think we need to we need a lot of old spirit teachers how to do that. Yeah, that that may look different for for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's true that Saul still had a choice, even after being you know it revealed him you did this and this. He could you know it's, he she could have had a choice you know to go. Boy, I'm an arrogant jerk in our vernacular and mm-hmm. come back to Samuel and really repent it. But then it's you know, like God would have known, but that's not, his heart wasn't like that. It was already, he, when he made that, like I said, just said that thing for himself, like, he had already, his heart was corrupted so bad for him to think, oh, I am, I did this so grand. And all these people are, you know, like, yay. But I think, you know, when you look at this thing, he started out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Freestyling out pretty good, you know. He started out, got anointed. He started out humble and everything, yeah. Humble yeah. And, but he got yeah. out the enemy. Well, he just got deviated from mm-hmm. where he was, you know, it's supposed sad. to be. Because, you know, the, the, what can happen with attention, notoriety, fame, your eyes can shift from up here to the, uh, the natural mirror that's in your face. Yeah, look at me. You look at yourself and you look at the people instead of looking at him. And that's where, it, whenever we take our eyes off him, that's when the, that's when the trouble starts. I love it when Andrew Womack, when he speaks, like most of the time, every time I see him, even, you know, in person for real and then online or whatever, he's always like, when people, yay, he's always going like, praise you, Jesus, you know what he does, hallelujah. And I'm like, you know, that's really good, you know, because it, you know, we all can, we all can fall into that. And like I say, humility doesn't mean I know doesn't mean that you just you know I said think less of yourself, you know, because I've seen people who say I'm humble and you know they're gifted in a certain area and they just talk themselves out of how gifted they are. Well, I can't sing, and they I, I don't know why y'all asked me. Well, we asked you because you can sing. <laughs> I love how Andrew yeah. talks about that too. You know, you know people just talk about. You found out the real I'm humility. Gonna, well, I'm going to attempt this thing. Really? Attempt? You know, so yeah. Even then they, they get know, there they and they have that. The, right. So the, the it's the it's 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 And they begin to sing. You're like, right. Could, but God wants us to know what we're good at. He wants us to know what you get out. What I give you. What I give you talent. He wants us to embrace that. Okay, but understand it comes from Him. And then, you know, allow him to cultivate, grow in that, just yield to him. But, you know, if somebody asked you to do something, yeah, you know, God bless me, give me a talent to do this. So, you know, you ask me, I'll do it, you know, and praise God, he he gave me to do it. Okay. And I, when I stand up, whatever you're doing, trust God to use me. In a mighty way, but don't just like, oh my God, you. I've seen me. You ask me why me? Like, really? really? I asked you because you you gifted in that. You tell me that. It's true. I, I like with me and Mom knows this. Anything in my life, I, I ever brag on. Not brag, but I go. I know how to clean, like professionally. Like she taught me. I've did it since I was 11 years old. I better know how to do it, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, I mean, the other night. I've got people calling us and, you know, clean. Yeah, that's at, my, at my job, we have call outs. And they're still happy with this. Yeah, it's like, well, I know how to clean. It's good. To, it's okay to say thank you, Jesus, for the gift. You know, I know how to do such and such, you know. Yeah, I mean, so. just embrace it. Okay, well, you know, I understand where it comes from. He so owned up to what, because, you know, I, I mean, I, I think I told this before when I went out. My sister-in-law passed away. So I had to go to New Jersey, and um, you know the the pastor that church came up to me. I don't know why he came to me. He was like, you know what? Um, he wants you to sing. I said, you want me to? What? <laughs> I said, he wants you to sing. I said, no, you got the wrong dude. And then my sister-in-law, I said, I said, you want to go talk to her? You want somebody to sing something? Mm-hmm. That's the one now. He asked me to preach. Oh, I was ready. Oh, I can do that. I'm ready. I, said, I knew I've been called to that. I'm bracing my calling. 
I can do that. You asked me to do that. You asked me to sing. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm gonna get embarrassed. I'm the wrong dude. It's like, no, that's not me. Uh, uh-uh, I ain't gonna fool myself. Say, it's like me asking. Oh, ask me say, oh, I do, I do it. No one did as well. <laughs> that you know, that's not my area. Yeah. Okay. So, you forte, huh? so yeah, you ask me to sing. I'm getting nervous. You know, and, and you know, because we're talking about the you know the difference between false humility and. True humility, right. right? The reality is that the Lord is glorified when you bear fruit, right? When you bear fruit, it's just you just it, we are just it is our job, or I like that's not a good way to say it. We we need to remember where the gift comes from and to always give Him honor for it. But to freely bear the fruit. Yeah, we just branch. Because that's all we are, branch. Branch. All right. So I'm going to close in Deuteronomy 8. Mm-hmm. So we fruit we all over the place. Fruit yeah. Bearing. Yeah, we, we all over the place. That's right. good. I mean, I get mixed up. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just in time because the religious skeptic going to get mad at me. Uh-oh. Probably a prosperity um, gospel um, pimp preacher or whatever. <laughs> oh. I was going to thought you would say pimp or something. But this is them Deuteronomy 8. I'm reading the word. All right, did I just hear this in light of what we were talking about with Saul? When he was little in his own eyes, God promoted him. All right, verse starting verse 6 says, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out from the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, and of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the God, for the good land he has given you. But that that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and built fine homes to live in, And when your flocks and herds have become very large, your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else. Be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions. Where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He fed you a man in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He, he did all this so you would never say to yourself, I will achieve this wealth with my own strength and energy. But remember the Lord your God. He is the one 
who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with Noah. So we're keeping the Lord in remembrance, keeping him in his proper place. Fruit bearing is our inheritance. Just remembering where the fruit bearing power comes from, and it only comes from him. All right, social media family, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.